0: By the breath of your spirit, Lord, inspire us so that as we listen for your word, we may be filled with new understanding and fresh desire to praise you in everything we do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, last week we read in the Gospel of John about a man named Nicodemus who sought Jesus out at night and heard the mystery of being born anew, being born again. This week we have a story about an unnamed Samaritan woman that Jesus met at midday, noontime. In the first verses of the fourth chapter of John's Gospel, we're told that Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was making more disciples and baptizing more than John the Baptist. He left Judea and went back to Galilee. To get back to Galilee, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Listen now for the word of God. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy him some food.
1: The Samaritan woman asked, Why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? You see, because Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with one another.
0: Jesus responded, If you recognize God's gift, and who is saying to you, give me some water to drink, you would be asking him, and he would give you living water. The woman said
1: to him, Sir, you don't have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock.
0: Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life.
1: The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water.
0: Jesus said to her, go get your husband and come back here.
1: The woman replied, I don't have a husband.
0: You are right to say, I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You've had five husbands, and the man you are with now isn't your husband. You've spoken the truth.
1: The woman said, sir, I see that you're a prophet our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in Jerusalem.
0: Jesus said to her, believe me woman, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people worship what you don't know. We worship what we know because salvation is from the Jews. But the time is coming and is here When true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth, the Father looks for those who worship him this way. God is spirit, and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth.
1: The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach everything to us.
0: Jesus said to her, I am the one who speaks with you. Just then Jesus' disciples arrived and were shocked that he was talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her?
1: The woman put down her water jar and went into the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ?
0: They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. In the meantime, the disciples spoke to Jesus saying, Rabbi, eat. Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples asked each other, has uh, someone brought him food? Jesus said to them, I am fed by doing the will of the one who sent me and by completing his work. Don't you have a saying, four more months and it's time for harvest? Look, I tell you, open your eyes and notice that the fields are already ripe for harvest. Those who harvest are receiving their pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that those who sow and those who harvest can celebrate together. This is a true saying, that one sows and another harvests. I have sent you to harvest what you didn't work hard for. Others worked hard, and you will share in their hard work. Many Samaritans in that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's word when she testified.
1: He told me everything I've ever done.
0: So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them. He stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe because what you said for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to be God. God. Thank you. <laughs> o Lord, may our thoughts and may my words be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. What makes for a good story? What makes a story interesting? Back when our children were in elementary school and their homework was often write a story about such and such, I used to tell them, in a story, something happens. And for a story to really be interesting, there usually has to be a There has to be a problem to solve, a conflict to resolve, or an adversary to overcome. So what happens in this story about a man with no bucket at a deep well? And what problems or conflicts or adversaries make it interesting? Well, early readers of John's gospel, people who knew the Old Testament well, would tell you that this story, it starts as a boy meets girl story and that that kind of story will end up with a wedding. They would say that because in the Old Testament, in a story where people meet at a well, the story often moves to marriage. For example, you can read in Genesis 24 about Abraham sending his servant to find his son Isaac a wife, and you know where they found Rebekah? At a well. And then you can read in Genesis 29 about how Jacob meets Rachel at the same well in our story. Or you can read in the second chapter of Exodus about how Moses met his wife Zipporah at a well. But Jesus is not there to meet a wife. Well, wait wait wait, wait a minute though. Why is Jesus in Samaria at all? As this chapter began, we read that Jesus left Judea and went back to Galilee, and that Jesus had, had to had to go to Samaria. Well, as that Samaritan woman mentioned just now, the Jews didn't think that much of the Samaritans. Part of the divide between those people was that the woman, what the woman referred to, the issue of, in the 20th verse there, that said our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, and the Jews said, no, 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 you gotta worship in Jerusalem. So why did did John say Jesus had to go through Samaria. Well, I've read that most Jews would have crossed to the east side of the Jordan River, traveled north, and then crossed the river back into Galilee to avoid Samaria altogether. So maybe Jesus was just taking a shortcut, a quicker route, or perhaps, perhaps he was headed to this particular historic well to meet this particular unnamed Samaritan woman. So what was the big deal about a thirsty man asking a lady for a drink of water? Kind of makes you thirsty, doesn't it? Well, we just talked about how Jews and Samaritans didn't have much to do with each other, but it would also be considered improper for a rabbi, a teacher like Jesus, to be chatting with with any woman, but especially a Samaritan woman and most especially this woman because of her past. Jesus says she's been married five times. The man she's with wasn't her husband. Well, sometimes people have mistakenly, I think, tried to present her as some woman of voluntary ill repute. But you have to remember that the divorce practices of those days were quite different. Those days, it didn't take a lawyer, a judge, and a pile of money to get divorced. It was a lot simpler and quicker and you didn't have to have much of a cause. You, She didn't cook good roast beef, she's gone. <laughs> Whatever, she's gone. She didn't cook like mama cooked, you know. Well, you could be divorced for many reasons, but especially if they were thought to be barren, that would have been a reason. So. That was a matter of shame then, and, and sometimes it still is. I, I know a fellow who rejected one woman who was sweet on him, and he married somebody else specifically because he thought she could bear children. Well, so the point is that in those days, all women were considered inferior to men. I don't know where they got that idea, but that was their idea. <laughs> all Samaritans, would be looked down on by the Jews, and this woman would have been looked down by most everyone, the Jews and her own people. She was an outcast. She was looked down on, but not by Jesus. Don't you wonder, what is it in this woman that Jesus saw that nobody else did? This nameless Samaritan woman, turns out she is the person with whom Jesus had the longest (coughs) recorded conversation in the whole New Testament now John's gospel is famous for the I am statements of Jesus they include seven metaphors I am the bread of life I am the light of the world the door of the sheep I am the good shepherd I am the resurrection and the life I am the way the truth and the life and the one we studied about in Sunday school this morning thanks to Sharon I am the true vine. But before all of these, when the Samaritan woman at the well talked about the hoped for, the longed for Messiah, she was the person to whom Jesus made that first I am statement. When she talked about the Messiah, he let her know that as me. And what was her response? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see. Come and see a man who told me everything I've done. He can't be the Messiah, can he? And they left the city and went to him. The Samaritan woman at the well was changed, transformed by her encounter with Jesus and the people who she testified to, which makes her sort of the first evangelist, right? people she testified to were changed, first by what she she said, and then by their own encounter with Jesus. And they said, we've heard for ourselves and know this one is truly Savior of the world. So, if we are trying to learn from and follow Jesus, what do we learn from this story? How can we use what we learn to be more faithful followers, better disciples of Jesus. Jesus broke through the prejudices of his time, the prejudice against women, against people from despised countries, and against the outcast, the social outcast. He he doesn't just tolerate these people. A lot of times I've heard folks say, well, I don't mind if they do a thing and such. Tolerate, he interacted with them. He drew drew them into relationships. And that's where we're really disciples, is when we're in relationship with Jesus. I heard a physicist say recently that uh, the interviewer was saying, well, in school I learned that, you know, it was kind of like the solar system. There's the nucleus of the atom and the electrons spin around it. And now you're telling me that electrons don't exist except in relationship. He said, oh, yep, that's the way quantum physics works, right? and we're learning that we're not really existing as disciples unless we're in relationship with Jesus and with the children of God. So what are our own prejudices? Who do you and I look down on? And I'm not just talking about Duke fans or Carolina fans. (laughs) Who do we look down on? Are there groups? Are there people that we would rather go thirsty then ask them for a little drink of water. You know, you can go a long time without food, weeks I hear, but not long, not long without water. We need water for life. Can we hold on to old prejudices and really follow Jesus' example? This story started with thirsty Jesus, a man with no bucket, a thirsty man at a deep well. After Jesus tells the woman that he's the Messiah and about how he will give her living water, she leaves her bucket at the well and rushes to tell her village. So are you and I as excited about and as bold as the woman at the well, rushing to tell her friends and neighbors about the Messiah? Remember what the man, that man with no bucket at a deep well told his disciples. He said, don't say four months more and here comes the harvest. I'm telling you the harvest, the fields are ripe ripen the harvest right now. Right now, right around us. So when, you're, when you are thirsty for the living water, remember the promise from oh, back in Isaiah 58 that says the Lord will guide you continually and provide for you even in parched places. And we all have those parched places in our lives, There are times. He will rescue your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water that won't run dry. And remember that Jesus says to us, All who are thirsty, come to me. All who believe in me shall drink. Thanks be to God. The hour is coming and now is near. So go forth to worship the Lord your God in spirit and in truth in all that you say and all that you do. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, springing up like living water, fill your heart and flow through your life from this day forth. Amen.